Shabbat Shalom. In order to build something really special, it usually takes the efforts and contributions of many individuals, whether it's a structure, an institution, or a community. No one can do it alone. And so at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, God tells Moses to accept a chirumah from everyone in the community whose heart was so disposed. That word is the name of our Torah portion this week, terumah, and it's still the modern Hebrew word for donation or contribution. So in this week's Torah portion, God instructs Moses on how Israel should build this sanctuary. The words which are, you can't see where, are actually on our stained glass windows in Hebrew are vasuli mikdash v'shachanti betocham, and they shall make me a sanctuary that I might dwell among them. We wonder why God needs a place to dwell among us when we believe that God is everywhere. Well, Rabbi Abram Joshua Heschel wrote in his book, The Sabbath, that Judaism teaches us to be attached to holiness in time and to be attached to sacred events and to learn how to consecrate sanctuaries that emerge from the magnificent stream of a year. The Sabbath is our great cathedral and our Holy of Holies is a shrine that neither Romans nor Germans were able to burn, a shrine that even apostasy cannot easily obliterate. The Day of Atonement, according to the ancient rabbis, is not the observance of the day, but the day itself, the essence of the day, with which our human repentance atones for the sins of humanity. And Jewish ritual may be characterized as the art of significant forms in time, architecture of time not architecture of buildings. So how can it be that God needed us to build a mikdash, a sanctuary, in order to dwell among Israel? Again, surely God is everywhere. The Hasidic masters say that actually we, wish, we should read the word betocham not as among them, but rather within them. And they explain that each of us should become a chariot for the spirit of God. The word terumah, gifts, comes from a root that means to lift up. And originally, when people wanted to give a gift to God, they would literally lift it up. Uh, the set, it was called an olah, which comes from the same word as aliyah, which we talk about of going up to Israel or coming up on the bima for uh, uh, an honor. And when people wanted to give a gift to God, they would lift it up, and they would do so by bringing it to an elevated place or burning it. Today, when we give a donation or a contribution, we don't necessarily lift the gift itself up. Instead, we hope to lift up the recipient. In personal relationships, we give love to others, which lifts them up. And when they reciprocate, we're also lifted. And when it comes to giving tzedakah, which means righteousness or justice, not a gift, we usually think that we are lifting up someone in need. Typically, we find out that we, the givers are lifted up more than the recipients. Those of us who are fortunate enough to be able to give of our means, our time, or our expertise to others know how gratifying it is to do this. We often receive more blessing than we give. I was thinking about this dynamic as the national political situation swings into full gear, and I am not going to talk about politics at all, I promise. Regardless of political leanings, we may choose to make a contribution to a particular candidate, a particular cause, or a particular race. 
It is our hope that our contribution along with others will lift that person up or lift that cause up. But the truth is that we make donations because we hope that the candidate or the cause will lift up our community, our state, our country, our family. So the Truma hopefully works in both directions. So let's hope that we all find ways that lift up others but also benefit our entire community. That's the Truma we should all be looking for. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom.